Greetings, geeks. This is another episode of Geeking Off the Page with Mike and Trevor. It's kind of like yeah. Batman and Robin. I don't know who's wearing the green Speedos. We'll let you decide. Not that it matters. We're both happily married with lots of kids. I'll hide the all-encompassing shadows. We have plenty of words that we can sacrifice. Um, so I think we're going to kick off first with um, what's been announced at the San Diego Comic-Con. For San Diego who- Comic-Con, what's that? Yeah, if you don't know what it is, it is probably one of the largest gathering of geeks and nerds in North America. Um, it's usually it's where a lot of studios um, will announce new projects, give teasers, drop trailers. Um, you know, it's a big spectacle. You usually have to sign up for tickets like a year in advance, and that doesn't guarantee you'll get one. Anyways, um, so Marvel decided to come out in a big way. Everyone's been grumbling out, as in like right out of the closet, guns running. Um, everyone's been grumbling about phase four, how lackluster it seems, how slow it seems. And we talked about this in the last podcast with uh, you know the peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys. Yeah, a lot of valleys. If you go into YouTube, um, a lot of these have trailers, plus, we'll talk about some of the trailers for the non Marvel stuff. So, um, Quantum Mania is officially the start of phase five. Um, everyone thought originally it was part of phase four. Actually, Quantum Mania kicks off phase five. So you have Quantum at Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. That's in February of 2023. Uh, in spring of 2023, the Secret Invasion. So like the scrolls and all that fun stuff. That's a movie? I thought it was gonna be a TV. It's show. gonna be on Disney Plus, but this is they what have is, it okay. side by side, things coming out. Um May 5th, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, roughly around the same time in summer. Echo, the character from uh, uh, Hawk Hawkeye's series, so the 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 deaf girl. Yeah, um, I'd rather see Daredevil than Echo, but okay. At the same time, Loki season two will be dropping sometime in that same summer section. So we might get an ending. Might get an ending uh, in July. The Marvels, so you know Miss Marvel, who we just finished seeing, and that movie's coming up. I'm not sold on that one, but we'll see. I'll reserve judgment. November, Blade, who we heard his voice at the end of the Eternals in the little cinematic cutscene. Did you watch um, Eternals? No. I'm, I'm, I fast-forwarded through it. It was a god-awful movie. I'll look for that end credit. I have not watched in it In fall of 2023, Ironheart, who will be I, I... introduced in Wakanda Forever. Because they just dropped a new trailer for Wakanda Forever, and you see Riri cutting the heart out of a sheet of iron, and you see her face a couple of times. So she's in the movie. Okay. So we're going to see a glimpse of her there, and then she gets her own series in fall of next year. I'm not sold on that one. They're going to have to win me over. But in winter of 2023 24, Agatha, Coven of Chaos. So Agatha Harkness is back. And she honestly, she was a really fun part of uh, WandaVision. So she was an awesome character. But seriously, does do you think she needs her own show over it, other Marvel characters? Well, here's a question. So when uh, Scarlet Witch banished basically the Darkhold. Yeah. Um, how did that affect Agatha? Was she able to like bubble herself so that kind of like went by her and, and left her unaffected or so it's a big question there um and then we have my favorite one spring of 2024 
Daredevil, Reborn Again, and they got Charlie Cox. Movie or TV show? I think it's going to be a series on Disney Plus, but he is also in the, the very end of the She-Hulk trailer, the new She-Hulk trailer. Okay. There's a sequence where she's doing something. This guy comes flipping in. You don't see his mask, but you see the two billy clubs as it slowly pans up his body. Okay. Daredevil's in there. And then they end it with the film, uh, May of 24, like May, May 2024, Captain America. This is Sam, like, you know, Sam Wilson, Captain America, yeah. New World Order. Maybe they're finally doing things right. We'll see. Although... But, with the Captain America, wasn't the same guy who was the showrunner, director of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier supposed to get this movie? I don't know. I, all they've said is that it's Captain America, New World Order. They've left. That's the only they only announced the title. That's okay. it. That's all they gave. I was uh, pretty sure those guys were helming the movie and I was pretty underwhelmed. I was like, mm. um, also. um. We have a bunch of animated shows coming um, that are work with with uh, uh, you know they're on Disney Plus. They work with the Phase Four and Phase Five, but they are not directly like a thing of it. Um, but we have I Am Groot. There's going to be a series, a short series of I Am Groots. They released a trailer for that. Um, there's a new X Men. Which they're saying not uh, not the X Men for kids sort of thing, but it's uh, Marvel sixteen oh two, which is more of like Hella Odin that sort of stuff. Season two of What If, um, and then they're gonna have like a Spider Man at college, like Spider Man college years, uh, stuff like that. It's they're Marvels well Disney slash Marvel are kind of up in their game. They're you know they've they've heard the fact that people like. There are big, such long stretches before shit happens. They're like, all right, let's start filling that in. Um, well, it's long stretches, but there's been a lot of shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But at least in those stretches. It's, it's basically Disney has pledged that Disney Plus, we won't go more than one or two weeks before a new series, either a Star Wars or Marvel series, will be filling the gaps. I'm very curious to see if any of this is going to be good. Yeah, they did show. There's a new trailer for Andor is out. They showed stuff for that. Did that look okay. I didn't see any of this. I saw was a still frame. I couldn't get a. Um, was a, the still frame really awesome? It looked pretty good. It did. Uh, I, I don't know how awesome a still frame could look, um, but I'm just I'm. I'm hopeful that they're realizing that people are like kind of like Phase Four, the Eternals, want want. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So some of the other trailers that came out so far, um, AMC is doing a series of Interview with a Vampire. So not like the Tom Cruise little blurb movie. They're doing like a, a series. Um, and that'll be dropping in October on AMC. Uh, they did stuff for Black Adam. They actually had The Rock in Studio H dressed up as Black Adam. And they had like lightning and thunder behind them. So bullshit. So people in there got all excited. Um, there, as I said, there's a new, new one for, for She-Hulk, uh, John Wick chapter four, the official trailer dropped. Um, so you watch that? I've, I've watched one, two or three, three was kind of, uh, but one and two were fun. Uh, there's the dungeon. Okay. Dragons. John Wick three. That's yeah. one I was so excited for. Cause I loved one. I loved two. Yeah. Three and was just three. Like, uh, it was like 20 minutes. 
it's like you're on the roller coaster. It's like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. And then it flat. You get out. about yeah, thirty minutes in. It's like, um, I'd like off the ride now. Done. Like, what's going on? Wait, you're in the desert and you're getting your finger chopped off. And yeah, I'm kind of confused now. Yeah, the the trailer for four looks interesting. Um, okay. so I I'm kind of hopeful that it's it's gonna get back to its roots. It's got Donnie Yen in it. So you know he's going to kick up the action. Um, but yeah, there was the the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves as actually endorsed by Dungeons and Dragons. So you got like in the trailer, you see like the Splacer Beast, you see dragons, you see a gelatinous fucking cube. You know, a mimic. Like the guy goes to open the chest and it suddenly springs yeah, up. Yeah, I got some stuff to talk about that. We can do it now or later, but yeah. So um, and then the, like the Lord of the Rings, the the Rings of Power. Uh, I think that's dead at the doorstep. Like everything I've seen on that looks the, so bad. It looks like they've taken Tolkien's masterpiece and just kind of like diarrhea all over well, it. Well, I mean, the opinion. whole idea is, is they're explaining about like the rings of power when they were forged and all that bullshit. So, I mean, going way, way back again. But it also looks like they're mucking with the history, like all the stuff that Tolkien wrote. Really, again, like he was at like, essentially a historian like he was creating this history of this fictional universe. well i mean tolkien's books span a huge range right um but i want to go more of so marvel also had one of their cartoons is let me get this right moon girl and and devil dinosaur Two. i remember that comic i never bought it but i flipped through it it's a awesome funny title looking, yeah it's it's a it's a kind of unique little art style I'm going to watch it. I'm definitely going to, you know, check it out. Um, and then there's stuff like Teen Wolf, the series. Teen Wolf? Yeah. As a, but more of a... instead a of Marvel? No, no, no. This is... Oh. Like, th- these are other trails. Um, but Teen Wolf, the... the is, I don't know if it's going to be the movie or a series. I think it's supposed to be a series. Either way, it's not the lighthearted Michael J. Fox. Oh. Uh, it's a lot darker and, and grimmer. Um, yeah. And then there's like... I mean, it's there. Oh, Vampire Academy, I think, is coming out as a season. Um, so that, you know, that that terrible movie is going to be kind of washed away and then they're going to actually have a series. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, let me check quickly. Yeah, as I said, they dropped a crap load of new trailers. Um, Prey got another trailer, but it's, I mean, it's coming up like what, two weeks from now? So I don't see why that they need. Oh, National Treasure is not getting a series. Um, I don't know if the cage is close cage. I don't know if he's a part of it or not. Um, Marvel Zombies is getting their own series on Disney Plus. Um, so there will be a lot of zombie lovers that love that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's just there's 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 a lot of stuff that they've dropped over the last like two days. Um, I haven't even been able to keep up with all of it. Uh, I have family visiting, and it's just like catch a, like a little bit here and there on my phone and i'm like oh my god so yeah i'm i'm kind of excited with some of the stuff coming forward um the stuff i've seen more of black adam makes me want to see the movie even more i think the rock is going to nail a shit out of this even the shazam 2 fury of the gods looks a little better great um but at least we got to see the who the villains are um so yeah where are the villains uh it's like two old gods who are trying to steal the power that shazam has because he's basically borrowing power from gods yeah 
that's how his powers work. So they're trying to get the um, the wizard staff that allow them to take those powers back and into them and boost their power. So, meanwhile, the rest of the Shazam family. At one point, Shazam even he's even complaining like, you know, I need help, and everyone off is off doing their own thing, and he's like, we're a family. Hello, we help each other out. Am I speaking into a void? So yeah. Um, but yeah, so as I said, there's there's a lot of trailers to check out. Um, I'm kind of excited. So yeah, we'll see the how the only thing I think I'm really excited about is Quantum Mania. Mm-hmm. That's one like which for me, this is they, the make or break for me. They did a so there's a poster, you've got Ant-Man, the Wasp, and Cassie in an Ant-Man style mm-hmm. suit, but it's purple. But in behind them is like you know, in the cosmos sort or of thing, is a comics accurate depiction of Kang. Like, nice. the, like the armor, the purplish armor, and like the way it cuts his face. Is a, I was excited by that. They're actually going with that armor. That's awesome. So I, when I saw that image, I was just like, yes, yes. That at least they're not doing some Google. We'll just put him in a three-piece suit. Both sort of bullshit. Um, and that's the kind of thing too, where I always hate when they do the gender swaps on characters, like when they mm-hmm. did the Sandman death. Yeah, it's like she doesn't have white skin. She should have white skin. But Kang. Yeah, it's like that actor. He it looks, looks like a Kirby character. It looks like they even gave him the bluish tint to his skin. Yeah, so it's really going to react well against the purple of his unit of, of of his armor. Right. So the casting of the character who looks like a Kirby drawing, if they give him that coloring on the face with the light and stuff, that could be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, let me see if I can find it. Uh, we're looking for the poster. Can you see that? Yeah, that looks amazing. Yeah, that's that's the poster they they released. That looks so Kirby. It does, and I like the fact that you know we we don't know what Cassie can do because she doesn't have wings. They could come out. We don't know, um, but yeah, Kang in behind them, that looks like a Kirby cover. Like it really does. I hope they they can pull this off because that looks so awesome. I saw that one and I was like, "Ooh, I gotta find it." What, what else is coming out of it? That that was the first indication I saw from the Comic Con. I was like, "Oh, okay." So if that's what we're starting off on, let's see how it goes. Um, yeah. Let's see where they go with this. So, yeah. Anyways, we're gonna take that a big chunk, kind of set it to the side a bit. Um, if you're, listening- I'll do a quick follow up from last week, okay? Because you gave your Thor: Love and Thunder review. Yeah. Let's hear it. Let's, let's, let's and move. my daughter went to see it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I didn't drop the 200 bucks to bring the whole family, but she decided to go see it. And she came home and she was, you know, mildly happy, I guess, with it. And every single point she had to say was exactly what you, you said <laughs> last week. Every single one, all the way down, right to the end. Do you think she, she listened said, to the podcast and wrote them down and made sure she hit those oh, points? Nobody listens to this podcast. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> but the comments were the same and then right at the end she said but dad I don't think you would have liked it okay and I think that has a lot to do with just the um, like the hero arcs and the stereotypes and like the the woke messages and mm-hmm. all the stuff that they added of course you know I'm very vocal and I tend to yeah. speak my mind and my kids cut and then no yeah, yeah they kind of know what dad likes um but i thought that was interesting like it was 
hundred percent in line with what you said, but with, yeah, I don't think dad, mm, I don't think you'd like it. So then so. just wait, you know, what about a month from now, a month or so. Yeah. yeah it'll be on then. Disney plus. Cause it looks yeah. like they're doing that 45 day plan. Yeah. Like, like they're doing that 45, 45 day plan of like, they put the movie after it and then they 45, cause like Lightyear comes out on Disney plus in like next week or a week, a week and a half from now. Wow. That's crazy. So, yeah. I have not been able to catch up on the Orville, um, mainly because I want Mare to be with, be beside me while we're watching, and, and her schedule has just been hellish this week. So, what's the last episode you saw? Uh, we saw the the high school one, which was a oh, fun okay. So that was that was a lot of fun. So basically, all the stuff we discussed last yeah, week. Yeah, I haven't been able to see like all the stuff that I want to catch up. Um, I saw a little blurb that Dolly Parton's in the newest one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I got to see that one, um, but uh, yeah. So alone. All right, let's talk alone. Sure, sure. We got some time. Let's. I'll, let's talk. I'll skip back to Orville eventually, but yeah, let's go alone. Okay, so I think. Let's see. I I know we're finished season one. Where are you at? Uh, well, see, the thing is, is we got two different streams going because now we're with the girls in season three in Patagonia. Okay, and but you're not finished. Season two. No, yeah, we're only like three up, three or four episodes in the Patagonia, and I think we're like two episodes away from finishing season two. So I don't know who's won yet, and my contender's still in. So I'm like, you gotta stay. You you got it because I mean, I I was lucky. Well, I can't I, do any spoilers. Don't spoil it. But I mean, let's talk about. I mean, I, the clip with the light, when I saw episode eight, and he talked about wanting a lightsaber. I was like, yes. Even though I know like, that like, moment. Okay, so this dude, uh, David. In season two of Alone, he's a guy. He's a pastor, you know. No, no, so he, he worked man. for a ministry. He doesn't say he or was ministry. a pastor. Yeah, he worked okay. for a ministry, um, but then he's left since left the ministry. Okay, so but anyways, he's a man of God. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has a wife who left him. He's got three kids. He's trying to support. Mm -hmm. Oh, has had he, some rough times. And he says he really, really needs the money. So he's going to stay. If it kills him, he's going to stay to get that money. Because right. he, he wants to be the needs. dad that says yes. Yes. What he that, said. Was, that was a big thing. Okay. Mean, does he remind you a little bit of Gavin? A little. Um, when I was watching him, despite like the lightsaber moment, it's like he could be part of the freak pit. He could. He could. Honestly, yeah. I think he kind of reminds me a bit of John Scallon. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, in as much as when John put his mind to something that's something he wanted, he didn't care how what it took to get there. He was getting there. He was yeah. achieving. And that's one thing I always, I always really admired about Scallon was he, you know, he would set himself a goal, no matter how ludicrous or ridiculous or what hoops he had to jump through to get it. But he got it done. Yeah, he, that's he why cyberpunk there. adventures were always so good. Yeah, I mean, he right? it was just these binders and collections of story stuff and just bombarding you with it doesn't matter if it was ripoff of Bubblegum Crisis or Akira or yeah, he just whatever. It, he adapted like, what he needed. And and yeah, and so when when he said, like, you know, he, he wants to be the dad to say yes. I mean, I could relate to that because there's yeah. there's times when your kids ask for something and you're just like, not feasible. I got to say no. And just the heartbreak. And you're like, oh, okay. But when you're, yeah. I think when you're in a position where, you know, we, we don't know the details of why he left the ministry or, 
or any of that or or what is what this well we know is the state of his finances aren't good yeah. um and that he's willing to go and and that's what struck me is when they did the the initial interviews and that he was he just seemed the sort of man to he is going to go that extra mile to win and it doesn't yeah. matter i mean if he has to wrestle a black bear to the ground and kick it in the nuts repeatedly he's going to do it he's just going to be like shit that's that's what we're doing today all right come on bear bring it yeah and Whereas josh guy, even was mentioned like, that in I think like I heard facebook a bear. comments yeah right like josh had mentioned him how he lasted longer than he thought he would but for me at the beginning of the season immediately i liked the dude yeah i like like intellectually and philosophically and everything he was on yeah i like the the sniper guy but i just had a feeling he was going to tap out when he he was gonna like like the guy who got bored because he was he was making projects and got himself bored and then i'm just gonna go home and i I yeah the sniper guy was probably going to be in the same situation because yeah, he could survive, but with the military, you survive to get rescued. Right. I don't know if he would, you know, been able to come up with enough things to do to survive and, and not get bored of where he was, which is, and he had that whole idea of day 22, climb a mountain. Yeah. I was like, I'm just so going for climb him. It's like, once that was done, mission accomplished. Yeah, the second he did that, I'm like, this guy's out. He's going to go a couple more days, and then he's just going to, like, I'm, I'm out of here. Especially when his camp was flooded. But yeah. he, that dude was on my top of the list of guys who would make it. But I, I like, find this... He's doing Muscle Beach in the wilderness. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> lifting rocks and doing exercises. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. He's like, oh, I did my work yet. I guess I'll go take a swim and see if I can catch a fish and write some memoirs. or Yeah. And the other guy's like, I'm just going to invent a whole new calendar and and go bowling and and roll some yeah. bets that I carved. The Mike, dude, he is like, when he's bowling <laughs> on the beach just for fun. It's like, okay, yeah, his, like, what the hell? His mental state is great. Like, he's obviously got the food. He's playing. He's doing yeah. these inventions. Whereas the other guys are like, I haven't eaten in four days. I can't seem to figure out how to make the goddamn fishing network. Okay, I'm going to do a little bit of a spoiler, but apparently in. Uh, Mongolia, there's a future season. This is a problem with a family that's watched multiple seasons ahead of me. Mm-hmm. But apparently, there's a reunion between characters, and one of them is Nicole. I think her name was the one who was catching all the salmon. Okay. Season two. And there's a little conversation. It's like, yeah, I watched. I saw how good you had it. You know, it's like <laughs> the stars were winking at you. Well, the fact <laughs> that she was throwing f- salmon back. Yeah, you catch it's a like, I'm so full, you can go. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, what? <laughs> Smoke the damn thing. You could make yeah. it last longer than a day. Oh. oh, it's such a good episode. In fact, my family's watching it right now. So again, my mother's hooked on the series. <laughs> uh, we watched the end of season two last night. Um, yeah, and Mary and I, wait, are, no. Yeah, Mary, well, so this weekend is so this Friday was Ramona's birthday. Mm-hmm. We're having the big party tomorrow with like multitude of children and and parents. So Mary and I'll probably finish off season two Monday, Tuesday. Um, and then we're going to jump to probably season four. While, so I think we're going to do like odd seasons are going to be with the girls. Even seasons are just going to be Mary and I. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. So where are you at on three? Are you on three? We're on three. We're three or four episodes in. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's it's Patagonia is is yeah, like as you said, she, she makes a chair before anything else, makes a chair. Yeah. And I'm 
Really? It's so nuts. And one thing I'm finding is that there's callbacks to previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's interesting. And that's when I realized I shouldn't be jumping forwards and backwards because it starts spoiling things. Yeah, you, you miss it. Now, the other thing is it's killing me. So I'm just going to say in Patagonia, they have plenty of bamboo. There are like yep. little sections that just just bamboo and like crazy lengths of it. Yeah. And then you see them like, well, I'm going to make make my camp now. And they grab like, you know, an armful of bamboo. And then you see them sleeping on the goddamn ground in a sleeping bag. <laughs> like, oh, my. Oh, and I, I said to Mary at one point, you know, you know, if you're worried about like the wild boar, the, the big ass wild boar and whatnot, you build the platform that you're sleeping on. The In essence, the bottom of your, your you build that six feet up or five feet up. Yeah. You notch the trees, you get bamboo, you go from tree to tree, lash it on, make yourself a frame, use bamboo to kind of fill in the frame two ways, give it strength, and put your bed up there. So boars can travel underneath you, or stuff goes underneath. And you're not laying in, if it rains, you're not going to be laying in the wet, you're not laying on the ground. The ground robs you of so much body heat when you lay on it. I'll get just the- say, they do some cool stuff in season three. Wait for it. Okay, I was just like, and I mean, the one girl who's who's building her house, and she's like, you know, cross thatching the walls and stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But then she's just got a bare tarp for her roof, and I'm like, that they keep saying it gets super cold here, like gets down to like single digit Celsius here, and they're like, oh my, my tarp's good. No, it's not. You're going to fucking freeze. But oh, that's that that's end right. So when they say like, I'm going to build my house, and then they do like what looks like about three hours worth of construction and, and like, oh, here, we're good. I'm like, get your ass off the ground when you're sleeping. Then you don't have to worry about what's that noise. Yeah. Because it's going to have to climb up to get, to come see you by then you're going to be well-prepared. Yeah. Just make one of those deadfall traps and just, you know, crush the boar, eat some bacon done you get a whole lot. of I mean, those things get up to 600 pounds. That's a lot of bacon. <laughs> That's a lot of cooking. So, yeah, but it does look like the lake they're at is very plentiful for rainbow trout. Um, like the one guy just kept hauling in trout again and again and again. He's like, I yeah, six trout to eat. Mm-hmm. One thing about that is the whole fresh water thing. Yeah, like you don't you're not about... dealing with the salt water. Salt water, but the downside is they don't have the sea bringing them like little gifts, like you know, cordage and yeah, that's true. Barrels and stuff like that. So it's it's kind of like a like catch twenty two. Like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of situation. So yeah, the big thing with season two with David. My favorite comment was the lightsaber. And I posted mm-hmm. that in the Facebook group, but just how it's like, yeah, I, oh God, I wish I had a chainsaw or a lightsaber. A lightsaber. Oh, and you just, just turn it to, to cut wood mode. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> would it catch it on fire? No, because it's a sci fi weapon. There's got to be a setting to chop firewood and not set it on fire. Yeah. That's, that was amazing. And then it kind of harkened me back. There was, do you remember um, Family Guy did this, like they did, like, Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. I never watched Family Guy. Uh, th- so th- they the first one is Blue Harvest. It's it's fun. It's really fun to watch. It's basically, some of the characters are turned into like R two D two one. And at one point, um, Peter's character, who's Han Solo, they're like, "Well, you know, goodbye." And they gave him like a a cheese log and like a little mini lightsaber to cut the cheese. And he like cuts it and he's like, "Nope, I don't like that." <laughs> but it was just like. Okay, um, so they're just handing out little like little cheese knife lightsabers to cut things, and then there was another. I, what show was it where they used the lightsaber as a loaf of bread and it toasted the bread as you cut it? 
And I was like, I want one of those. A little lightsaber knife that as you cut the bread, it auto toasts it. That would oh, be, be amazing. That'd there's got to be a setting for that. There's got to yeah, be. Yeah, let's see. Uh, cut Stormtrooper in half. Cut through steel door. Toast. <laughs> yeah. Chop firewood. No flame. And the other great thing he had, he had a rant when the the eagle stole his fish. Oh yes, <laughs> where he was saying it's like they might, that must be a Canadian eagle. Yeah, because <laughs> an American eagle, American eagle would not steal the fish from a patriot. Yeah, that's going to be one of those Canadian eagles. That you know, was... they're not a symbol of their country. They don't care. And it was that rant. Oh my god, I was just rolling laughing on that. I was the, when I saw that. Mayor immediately looks at me and I'm like. <laughs> just look away <laughs> you went i am the canadian eagle well i'm not anymore i'm now i'm oh so now I, you're it actually popped up on my facebook feed fish. yeah I, uh back in june like yep, june 20 i think it was popped up like oh on this day you i was like oh yeah it was a year ago hmm, yes so now you can't eat any americans fish now i can't be stealing patriots fish damn it <laughs> So yeah, so alone, I'm I'm having a great time with it. It is so fun to watch. Um, and I'm looking forward to Mongolia because apparently that's the redemption arc, and they bring a lot of people back. All right, so I'm so a bunch of favorites too. are all there, and I'm just itching to get to that one. And in fact, uh, my brother's girlfriend uh, was up here, and we were talking about it, and she dropped some massive spoilers. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you like throw, she she throw like a pot at her or something? Uh, you pick no. up a chair. Yeah. Ah, shut up. <laughs> I mean, luckily, I'm really bad with names and I forget things very easily. But oh, okay. at the same time, I mean, the moment was pretty awesome. <laughs> she tried to cover herself and talk about old seasons and what happens. Like, oh no, I knows. <laughs> I have to throw a chair at you now, <laughs> duck. <laughs> but that's how good the show is. So anybody who's sleeping on this, you know, just watch it. At yeah. least for the lightsaber episode. Yeah, just. Honestly, I mean, this show hooked me by the second episode. Like, I watched the first episode. Like, I was like, hey, we're going to watch it alone. I was like, okay. We talked about it. And by the end of the first episode, I was like, all right, next episode. And we had originally planned that we were no more than one episode a night. That went right out the window, like, first night. Because we watched the first episode. And I looked at the time. We got time. They're 44 minutes long. Let's go to the second episode. <laughs> You're like, Mr. Incredible. I still got time. Yeah, I got time. I got time. I got time. Let's do it. So, yeah. So that's why I figure uh, Mary and I will probably finish off um, season two um, like by Tuesday, but probably by Monday night. Worst case, Tuesday night after I get back from Taekwondo. Actually, there's no Taekwondo next week, so I'll be able to watch it the second the kids go to bed. Jeez. Binging. Yeah. Time to get some binging done. So, yeah. So, saying that, now, let's Roll back to the Orville. All right. Hit me. So the last episode is another Topa episode. And again, it's like they don't pull any punches. And it's a whole thing with her getting involved in a female colony of the Malkwas. Is that who you said? Mm-hmm. The gay Klingons. And she get basically gets pulled into the resistance that is going to smuggle the females into the colony, even though it's against the uh, the union mm-hmm. law. And it's one of those things where 
like a lot of these shows try and make strong female characters. But anytime they make a strong female character, it's a male basically wearing a skirt. Like it's they're taking, yeah. you know, the masculine traits and saying, oh, look, I'm a woman. and I can do the same thing. This episode, again, with a Kelly character who, again, was Wonder Woman in that. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? That failed uh, the promo or whatever they call it. And she was Mockingbird. So here's a character who can play a strong female character. But when she plays a strong female character in this, like she's genuinely a female character. So she's completely powerful. But as she's embracing the feminine traits and you have this kid who's gone through all this crap, like basically transgendered twice, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's trying to find her spot. And there's this whole offshoot of no female Klingons that Mm -hmm. aren't allowed in society and it just takes such a complex issue like they've done all season they take this crazy complex issue and tell a great story around it and it's like it's a conversation starter no it's not like it's propaganda it's like no here's a bunch of ideas this is what people go through this is sort of like the um, the landscape that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens. So you got these essentially gay Klingons that want to wipe out all the females and they want to squash their resistance movements. So again, it ties into like slavery, you know, like black American slavery things, but also, you know, like, crazy right-wing bigot gay bashing things and kind of cramming it all together and you have these people that are trying to be themselves but essentially the kid gets kidnapped uh, during this colony tortured for information because she was going to join this resistance and Mercer and crew have to try and pull her back and try and like figure out like what does the union do in this kind of situation Mm -hmm. so it's like massive like diplomatic turmoil yeah but and in I, the end it's uh kelly and bordas have to go rescue her bordas has a great moment father of the year as far as sci-fi dads go where he finds the guy who was torturing his daughter and he gives it back it's like hell yeah that is a beautiful moment like he's yeah definitely sci-fi father of the year for that and you know in the end, the two factions, like the Union and uh, the Molklas, they part ways because, you know, they kidnapped this kid and tortured the kid. And it's like, no, we can't have that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, again, another, like, knock it out of the park episode for the Orville. Well, what I've, I mean, what I've liked so far about the seasons, we've, the episodes we've seen is they're dealing with very heavy issues, but not in a mocking way. Which right, it's honest. You would expect it from you know from you know from the mind of Seth MacFarlane that like you know Family Guy where they mock everything. You'd expect like oh it's you know suicide. Well, let's mock suicide. Yeah, and they didn't. They they approached it in a very real fashion. Yeah, um, it is very honest, and you can look at it from both sides. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter where you lie on the spectrum. It's like there's a conversation starter. For yeah. like wherever you lie on it, so that's. I mean, I'm. I look forward to watching these episodes. 
Um, I mean, you could spoil them all you want, but I'm still going to really enjoy it watching it. Um, that's why I have no no fear of you spoiling because it's like, I'm still going to watch it. I'm yeah, not and the thing it. is, it's so good. And they're like an hour and 20 minutes long. It's crazy how long yeah. they're, they're like little mini movies. Now the kids good. keep that's... wanting to watch it, but it's late at night. It's like, oh my God, it's so late. We got to go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm 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 really looking forward to that one. That's that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. So, Orville, watch it, people. Jeez, if you haven't started watching Orville, what the hell are you doing with your lives? Yeah, best Star Trek in two decades. Fully agree. So I'm going to jump back to the the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves um, announcement. The trailer um, was. A surprise um mainly because they so so for anyone who remembers the uh uh what was it called the the dungeons and dragons movie from like 2000 i didn't watch it i remember it existed but i never saw it i mean it was a horrible fucking movie it had jeremy irons marlon wayans thora birch and then just a, a cast of who um and it was a terrible, terrible fucking film. Like, just an absolute travesty. The only good part in that whole film was Jeremy Irons basically saying, fuck it, I'm getting a paycheck no matter what performance I give in. Let's crank the hamminess up to 12. <laughs> That's um, amazing. And, you know, he was like screaming and like eye rolling and just, just going crazy. So fast forward to now. Um so they announced this Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves trailer or, or movie, and they throw a trailer, and it has Chris Pine, um, uh, Jason Wong, uh, what the uh, Michelle Rodriguez from Fast and the Furious, um, but and the thing is, is you can tell each character, like all the different characters, like this guy's the bard, this guy's the thief, this guy's the paladin, this guy's the mage, this girl's the druid, and they put some money behind it. You can tell they put money behind this, which really, I mean, there's a dragon, there's, um, in the trailer we see... As it should be, if it's Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, it should be a dragon. But there's, with the dragon fire, it initially looks like it's spitting rocks, in a way, and first you're like, what the hell, and you realize... Yeah, what the hell was that? It's not spitting rocks, it's basically, it's the... It's like lava puke that... Yeah, kind of like a magma rain. puke, like, like a yeah. hardened... And because the ground is all like burnt to shit where it put it in, like it's all smoking yeah. and burnt. So it's like, and yeah, so, you know, stuff's obviously catching on fire. I and mean, we don't know what kind of dragon this could be like a shadow dragon or a ash dragon. I don't know. Um, but my favorite is the fact that there's a gelatinous cube. There's a gelatinous cube and it looks so good. It's like, the, yeah, finally we got a gelatinous fucking cube in, in, in a movie. Um, Michelle Rodriguez is playing a barbarian. Chris Pine's playing a bard. Um, and at one point, they're like, "Oh, he plays the lute." I don't, I don't play that. And then you see him playing the lute, and you know stuff like that. And we got the paladin, we got the druid, uh, and the druid turns at one point. She turns into like a giant owl bear, which kind of works. It's like the body of a bear, head of an owl, covered in feathers. Is that an actual thing? Yeah. And don't you remember D and D, the owl bears? I don't remember. I yeah. never did that. I was more a cyberpunk guy, but well, they they owl bears are a big creature, and there's and basically it's a body of a bear, an enormous head of an owl instead of a bear head, covered in feathers, and they pull it off beautifully. Um, and it was just like 
Oh, the 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 guy from the Jurassic Park Dominion movies, who's like the nerdy uh, assistant guy. He's the mage, so he's like you know thin, reedy, you know glass cannon sort of bullshit. Um, but yeah, like the owl bear was great. As I said, a gelatinous cube. Like you, you just, you just, I, I can't get over the gelatinous cube because it's such an awesome thing. And then there's a mimic. For anyone who's ever played D&D, a mimic, or who hasn't played D&D, a mimic is, it's a treasure chest, and as you approach it, it suddenly opens up, and the edges of the lids have teeth, it's got a long tongue that kind of like grabs you and like kind of pulls you in, and then it eats you. They have a mimic. In the That was fun in the trailer, I gotta say that. It was. I recognize that. There's a displacer beast, which looks like a giant panther with giant black tentacles that come off its shoulders, and it can like teleport itself around. Well, in the short clip, it lunges towards the camera as the party jumps into a gelatinous cube to get out of the way. So, yeah. Already very, very happy with this. Um, I am looking forward to this film because it just looks fun enough to be kind of like a campaign. And, yeah. So, for myself, I'm skeptical because... They there's a real bad track record for doing D and D. Oh, there's a horrible track record. Horrible track record. And this one, it seemed like they were leaning into doing the whole Guardians of the Galaxy, Ragnarok kind of like look, we're hip, we're cool, we're using mm -hmm. modern music, we're you know trying to get everybody on board with that. And it's like if that's a trailer, yeah, I can let it pass. But if that's the movie. But like, what I don't know. I think what sold it for me is at the very end, the druid is asking people, "What is it they do?" And they, she turns to Chris Pine and says, "And and what's your part in all this?" And he's like, "Oh, I plan. I make the plans." And so she's like, "So after that, we don't need you." He's like, "No, no, no. Because when the plan goes wrong, I may come up with a new plan." She's like, "So you make plans that fail?" And he's like, "No, no, 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 no." She's like, "Don't you play the loot?" And he's like, "No, I don't play the loot." Cuts to the next scene, and he's like. <laughs> You know, kicking up his feet and strumming the lute, and it's just like, ah, yes, yes, he does. Yeah, play. that part was pretty funny, and I can get into deep politics with all that with the last few administrations. Um, yeah, there's something meta about that, which I thought was pretty awesome. So I'm, I mean, I haven't seen a good D and D series since like the cartoon back in the '80s, and even that had some suspect moments. Um, yeah. And, and the thing with D&D is it should be like rip off Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And right? it should have that vibe. It should be like if you were doing a, literally an RPG campaign, ripping off Lord of the Rings, that's what it should feel like. Well, I look at this. So Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon, came out 40 years ago, 1983, 40 years ago. It's not like Dungeons and Dragons, no one's ever heard of it. It's not like it hasn't yeah. made any money. It's taken them 40 years to say, all right, let's try again for another movie. Because the one in 2000, 23 years ago, was just such absolute garbage. Everyone was like, D&D Project? Absolutely no fucking way. I'm sure that movie lost so many, so much money. People probably like bankrupted and lost their houses on that movie. Because it was just... Ugh. Now, here's a fun fact. Um... Geez, I think it was last weekend of uh, my children and my nephews and nieces wanted to do a D&D &D campaign. I'm sure because of Stranger Things. 
probably yeah that actually they were hooked on that and they were like oh we want to do a campaign it's like well i know how to do that say like, dad you have to do that <laughs> they and so last week they were rolling up characters and creating this whole thing and they were all set to go with it it's like oh crap i don't have a companion okay next time we meet up we're gonna do one <laughs> so yeah like my children and my nephews and nieces are all set to go with a dnd so yeah, that brings awesome. me way back to freak pit days and well you know, i, I know that, that when stranger things came out dnd had a huge surge of you know I, I think at one point like the player's handbook was really hard to find it was like sold out just about everywhere because everyone was like dnd huh i like stranger things let's see what this whole dnd thing is like and i believe that yeah. it, you know brought a whole bunch of new players into the fold so that's awesome that your 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 kids and your your nephews and, and of course uncle michael are you the are you going to be the dm and you can't yeah. say when that happens you can't like i'm going to quash your dreams and not let you play dnd and say no you're like well okay it's like no i got to make a proper campaign so that you kids are hooked yeah like let's see what this experience is like yeah they're yeah oh, i think half of them picked what the, the dragon characters whatever half dragon, half dragon human. and then it's that's like hmm i think i have some plot ideas for that i think some people are going to be hunted hmm well i mean i'm sure there's there's some uh you know some trappers and bounty hunters out there like oh we bring in some dragonkin hands and we can give you some give you some gold so yeah so <laughs> they were all set to go that night they all had their characters like but we really need dice yes and we should really have some pizza Dice, pizza, and some sort of soda. Yeah. And Doritos. Doritos have to be somewhere. Essential. Because you have, at some point, you have to wipe Dorito dust onto your character sheet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, the good old days. How terrifying. So, yeah, so this movie, you know, makes me want to play D&D. That's what I watched. I was like, like this trailer, I was like, I want to play D&D now. Definitely I hope hard. it's good. I really do. I hope all the music and all the you know the claptrap stuff in it. Yeah, I, I'm hoping for the trailer, the trailer to bring people in, not the the actual movie. But I mean, I think they got a good enough cast to to at least pull some of it off. So, and the the director is uh, what's his face? Um, the movie Game Night. He's one of the directors. The guy who did Game Night, which was a fun movie. I've never seen that. It's it was a fun comedy. It's like the um jason bateman i think that's who was in it um basically they they think they're playing a game night and it's actually a real heist that's going on and okay they just think it's a whole time they're like oh it's I guess it's part of the game let's play along and no no there's actual crime being committed but they're having that actually life. seems like a good directing choice then yeah yeah it does it's it was uh so i think when i saw that i was like that's what kind of makes me hopeful um yeah, I'll just do a quick synopsis of Game Night just so I, I get it right. So yeah, uh, it's about a husband and wife who are avid gamers, and they meet after they meet at bar trivia, and, and they propose. He ends up proposing to her through a game of charades. So they're they're a family that loves playing games. Um, and then they host a regular game night with their friends, and then you know they do it in one night, and then one of the guests turns out to be, you know, a thief, and. Uh, I was a thief or a kidnapper. I know a, th- a kidnapper. And so one of them gets kidnapped and they think it's part of the game. They're like, Ooh, this is, this is a nice turn of it. Let's go. Let's follow this along. And it's like, no, no, it actually has been kidnapped. 
And I think that's this one was actually based on a uh yeah, it's, it's a follows a group of friends whose game night turns into a real life mystery after one of them is kidnapped. But for the most part of the film, they don't realize it's a real thing. They think it's part of the game. And so have you seen that movie? I saw the movie way you liked back it? when it came out. Yeah, it was fun. It was just a again, the cast made the movie. Yeah. Um uh because there was like, yeah, it was uh, Jason Bateman, uh I'm just blanking on some of the names, um, but it was just fun enough that it was like, cause this came out just before COVID it was like 2018. So it was like a year or two before COVID. It was just such a unique idea because you get, you know, I, I'd heard of like, you know, people that like to have like a, a couple's game night sort of thing. And they, you know, all their yeah, friends yeah. who are couples with no kids, they come and they, they play like, you know, variety of games and imagine having a game like that. And, and someone breaks into the house and kidnaps someone. You think like, Ooh, they're really going, taking that extra mile this time let's let's turn this into a mystery let's awesome let's track these people down and all this bullshit and it's like yeah okay um so yeah getting this guy to do dungeons and dragons to me is a it's kind of a good idea and i i think it comes out in february or march i remember reading i i think it's march but i think it's like i don't remember the early march. i just know watching the trailer I thought they were trying to be too claptrap, like Guardians of the Galaxy, Ragnarok. You know, we're yeah. so hip, we're cool. This is, you know, you know, the yeah. hip thing to watch. It's like, no, that's not what it should be. Yeah, so, actually, like what you're saying, it should be. It should feel like Lord of the Rings, but it's like people on a campaign. Yeah, and like what you're saying about this game night thing. It's like that sounds like the right vibe. Yeah. Now I just realized because i got the player the trailer playing off to the side it's a black dragon it's spitting acid that's why the ground's all burnt and torn up <laughs> well the thing is is most most films it's always a red dragon breathing fire yeah so for the fact that they do a black dragon breathing acid it's a nice change up but anyone who's played D is going to know black dragon acid so okay yeah and i still i have to say it gelatinous cube i have been waiting so long to see gelatinous cube on on the screen because i mean I should, how many games did you have a gelatinous cube somewhere so yeah i'm i'm kind of if you can't tell i'm a little psyched about that well that's good i hope it's good i'm skeptical but i do hope it's good well we have how many months would <laughs> take to get around we gotta go through christmas and then a couple months in so yeah i i could do the math but i'm hoping troy does it for me because it's late at night and math is hard. Yeah, that's where we need a little pop-up. Yeah, a little, little pop-up in the corner, Troy. Like alone, that gives us facts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Little factoids. That's what it's called, factoids. USA Today, factoids. I remember that. Always a little pop-up blurb. Like, leaves had this many sides. You know, shit like that. So, we're, we're hoping on you, Troy. You're our only hope. Which leads me to you and your sons. Um, so you had posted in Messenger that you were talking with your boys at the dock, got silly, and you told oh, them the conversation yeah. was getting ridiculous. Yes. And what did they say in response? So it was great. So, okay, because my boys are ridiculous and we have fun conversations. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but the whole conversation got very silly. And I said, boys, 
This conversation is getting ridiculous. And my son said, Dad, this has been ridiculous from a long time ago. And I said, in a galaxy far, far away. And then if anybody remembers the book Where the Wild Things Are, mm-hmm. okay, picture those sort of dance moves with the hands moving. From the dock, they start singing the Star Wars theme song. Dun, 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 dun. Started marching down the dock. And that's one of those proud father moments where it's like, okay, I did something right. I have faith in humanity. And I think the future is going to be okay. Well, as I said, that's, that's not just proof of, of proud father moment. That's proof of parenting done right. You, you're automatically given a buy on pretty much the next thing you do. Your wife goes, I don't know. You're like, hey, I already had my, my father of the year moment. You can't take that away from me. All I had to do is say long, long time ago, far, far away. Yep. You know, it's like, actually, you're all I said was far, far away. Buy. Yeah. Doesn't far, matter far if you... away. And I got a theme song. If, if when you leave the cottage and you accidentally leave a kid behind and you have to turn around and drive back 15 minutes to get them, you're given a buy. They just that's fine. They'll just be like, "All right, that's good." Long yeah, time ago, great. galaxy far, far away. You're good. And I love the fact Troy said that Aslan sings the Imperial March. That's amazing. Imagine I, the you know cute little girl just walking around. Dun 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 da da. Like okay, that I will admit cool. I I do that myself. Like when I'm taking the garbage bins down the driveway, I will hum the Imperial March to myself. As you should, yeah. Or the the theme from Superman, or even because it's a downhill on the the driveway, I'll I'll and because I'm pulling the carts behind me, the bins behind me, I will hum the Indiana Jones theme because <laughs> I know if I stop, those bins are going to roll right over me, so I, I can't stop going. Yeah, got to run from those boulders, man. Exactly, and there's two of them, so double the trouble. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. It's it's how you get by. Um. Yeah. So in terms of things that are coming up, Disney Plus and, and all the other subscription and streaming services, I think the next thing is uh, She-Hulk. I think that's the next big one is, is going to be She-Hulk. I am so scared for this one because I want it to be so good. After seeing the trailer, uh, the new trailer that they put out where we get to see Titania, we get to see... Um, a little bit more of Mark Ruffalo and and um, what's her name Tatiana is that her name? Um, the, well, it starts out with this whole thing. You see her laying peacefully in the bed, and you see like Professor Hulk's hand coming in with an air horn, and he gives it a quick beep, and it suddenly cuts to a long shot, and the bed breaks because she's now She Hulk, and she's like, "What the hell?" He's like, "Oh, doesn't doesn't react to loud stimuli well, quick to." quick to anger or, or unreasonable anger like she's like no this is reasonable anger walk me with an air horn so something and they in the trailer at one point she breaks the fourth wall um and it was done in just a really nice way like something to the effect of she like he's got her on an island training her to use her strength and be okay, able, yeah they showed that yeah can like like restrain it and i can't and he's he's like this is your greatest superpower super friend she's like what this is like no spandex that's your new best friend, Spandex. Um, and I just don't remember what it was. It was something to the effect of she's, he's saying, um, God, I can't remember what he said something. And she turns away and says, you see what I'm dealing with? 
And then he turns like almost as if like, where are you looking? And then she kind of looks at him and then looks back and in essence directly at the camera and then kind of like kind of tries to play it off with her eyes. Like, oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And just the way he looks back and she's like looking away, like not at the camera, but then she's glancing at the camera. So she's going to break the fourth wall, just like in the comic book. Okay. That's cool. That's if she, if she will do that often, like we'll turn and address the camera with a, like a, a, an off comment. Like, do you believe this shit? Stuff like, like Ricky that. Gervais. He was always perfect at that. And even yeah. modern family would do that where they occasionally, you know, look at the camera and yeah so this feels a hundred percent like that and the fact that when she does it the other characters respond to her and kind of like they're they're looking around or they're looking at her like why would you make such a strange comment like that and then she's like trying to avoid them but look at the camera like you see this if they can keep that consistent through the series it's going to be awesome that was one of my favorite parts about the she-hulk comic book run was when she would break the fourth wall repeatedly yeah that was like deadpool before deadpool Exactly. And as I said, there's a bunch, I mean, there's a whole thing like she's the premise is she's defending uh, Blonsky, um, the abomination. And uh, I also Hulk makes mention of when you fall asleep, you revert back to Jennifer. But when you know, you get stimuli, she you know, loud stimulus, she turns into she Hulk instantly. Um, but the fact is they have hired her as the she Hulk lawyer to defend Emil Blonsky. The, the abomination and we get to see him transform because he's um he's in his like human so he's he's not stuck in his monstrous form we also see wong shows up um i don't know into what capacity he's there um but yeah we can see wong show up and uh her foe titania who's basically super strong um and it's also they talk about there's so many new superheroes showing up like there's a judge who it basically, it's almost like she was a, an Asgard era, uh, like one of the elves from from Stifleum, and she's wearing a glamour, and suddenly it pops off as she like bangs her gavel and shit like that. So, <laughs> you know, there's all these different superheroes and super creatures going around. Um, I'm gonna have to check that out then. Yeah, the trailer is so much fun. And yeah, that we can see Blonsky transform, and at the very end, um, she's taking like at one point she's taking on like a group of like wannabe supervillains. Um, and yeah, and then it's the, uh, the, the guy flips over her he's wearing the reddish, reddish black suit. And then it cuts in close and he sees got the Billy clubs and it's like daredevil. Is she going to take on Matt Murdock in the courtroom? (laughs) That's one thing. It's like, you had to have daredevil in that. If you're going to do a legal drama. Yeah. And it looks like, it looks like they listened, um, because this trailer, so the last trailer, I was kind of eh, on the fence as if, you know, if it's That's the only pretty thing on, off the fence with the trailer. Yeah, I was on the fence as much as if it's the only thing on, I'll, I might watch it or I probably would watch it, but I'm not going to be like, ooh, it's Wednesday. I got to go watch S.H.I.E.L.D. Watching this, especially when she breaks the fourth wall, makes me like every Wednesday, I'm going to be like, i got to see it. Got to see it. I, gotta, I want to see her like how she breaks the fourth wall and how people react to her breaking the fourth wall. Cause just be like me uh, talking to you and suddenly going, you believe this shit. And then your reaction, who, who, who are you talking to? You know, and it's that sort of look that Mark Ruffalo is professor Hulk gives her when she says that, like, what do you, what, 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 what do you, <clears throat> and just the way she avoids his gaze and looks, looks away and then kind of glances at the camera, like, 
So yeah, that sort of stuff. If they they keep that in, it's going to be an awesome series. Yeah, that's the way my dog looks at me. Yeah, you know, I do. You're you're eating something. You look at the dog, and the dog's like, hmm? <laughs> yeah, and then kind of glances at you. Are you looked away yet? Oh, you looked away. I'm gonna look at your food. Oh no, no, like, no. this didn't happen. If I don't make eye contact, yeah, it didn't happen. As long as they don't make eye contact, I didn't do it. This didn't happen. And you're like, I. You've got the mud on your paws that you're tracking. Those <laughs> the dogs like. Not if I don't look at you. <laughs> I see no mud. I'm looking at the ceiling. I see no mud anywhere. Yeah, so that's what this felt like. So yeah, I am super excited by this this series. Um, this trail, as I said, this trailer made me from sitting on the fence of hey, should I watch it? May I ever watch it too? Definitely going to watch it. That's how much the trailer. I think how well the trailer was done. Okay, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I will definitely watch it. We'll make sure he watches it for the next episode, folks. So, yeah. That's that's what I would say of, you know, all the different trailers that came out from, from San Diego Comic-Con. This is the one that gave me a whole lot of hope for that for a particular project. Nice. Because I was super excited about this series. Me too. I mean, just because, I, as I said, I loved the, the run of She-Hulk. It was so much fun to read. Um... Yeah, so I'm... And if done right, it could be so different than everything else. Exactly, exactly. And this is... It's such a fun... I mean, she's such a fun character, and you've got such great source material to pull from, like Sensational She-Hulk, that this is the one series you don't want them to screw up. You know, make it six good episodes. Yeah. And we'll see where it goes. So, yeah. And I want to see what the relationship between Wong and Blonsky is like, because we saw them in Shang-Chi and they were fighting, but then when they cut to the locker room and they're, they were working out, like they were, this was a whole plan they had. And then they leave together and you're like, okay, what's the connection of what, what is that? What does Blonsky have on Wong or what does Wong have on Blonsky? Like, how do they relate to each other? What's the relationship? Hopefully this is going to explain because it looks like she has a long discussion with Wong. Um, at several points, so I am. It, it's going to fill in information I'm dying to know about. So is Wong fixing fights or what? Is he? I don't know if he was fixing fights or. Hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll explain that. Like, oh, we we uh, you know we fake fight on the underground fight circuit to make some money, or we're looking for a contact, or you know, look. Just explain why he was there. Yeah. Give us to give us that. So yeah, these. As I said, this is the one, and it's coming up soon. Like. Um, I think it's in mid-August. Uh, just quickly look up. This is something that Troy's going to be able to pop up. He'll give us the... the and it's nine episodes, not six, nine. Wow. So they're committed. Yeah, they're committed to this. And it, they have, like, I mean, you've got um, uh, Tim Roth. You've got Benedict Wong. You've got Mark Ruffalo. So they're not... You know, just throwing a bunch of no names out there and one name and like, there we go. Um, they're actually putting some names in this. So, because hopefully we'll see her show up in a movie, you know, either as a replacement for Hulk on a team or with Hulk or, or so, just something. Just, I want to see her join the Fantastic Four. I would like to see that too. Um, so, yeah. So, Feige, if you're listening, put her on the Fantastic Four. Maybe even throw in like the like an alternate dimension version shows up, and you got Chris Evans as fantastic as as the Human Torch. <laughs> and you got She Hulk 
filling in for Ben Grimm like she did on the, the comics run. Let's do it. Just, and you can even have Jessica Alba reprising a role as the Invisible Woman and uh, what's his face? Uh, God, I forget, forgot his name doing the uh, the role as uh, uh, Mr. Fantastic. Um, Why didn't they do that in Doctor Strange? They had a chance. They, they had a chance, but I think I think so many people have been clamoring for Krasinski to be um, uh, that uh, Doctor uh, Mister Fantastic because there's been that whole whole rumor that he's gonna he's gonna be Mister Fantastic. His wife Emily Blunt's gonna be the Invisible Girl. Yeah. But I think that was just a case of them like throwing a bone to the fans, saying, "All right, let's see what he looks like as Mister Fantastic." Hopefully yeah. this will be enough to shut you up for a minute. <laughs> then we'll turn him into blue spaghetti real yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah. Painful blue spaghetti. Um, so, yeah. So I am, as I said, I, I really like this trailer. This one, it, it did give me, um, you know, hope for, for what's going to happen. I saw the Wakanda Forever trailer. As I said, it was, it's a lot of very, very, very fast cuts. Um, they do acknowledge that uh, T'Challa is dead. They do. They do. Because the, the queen has Eddie. taken over Wakanda and she says she has lost her family and they cut to a uh, a mural of T'Challa's face on a wall. So they have acknowledged that um, you know T'Challa is dead. I wonder how they're going to pull that off. I don't know. Like, that's a, such a crazy thing because I know like it's a balance because real life stuff happens. Yeah. Then you have a fictional character. And like, how do you bring that together well, in a way? Well, they did say they weren't going to use like a body double or anything for um, uh, Bozeman's role. Like it's done. Like he's it, so they have killed off T'Challa. They, they hint at how they're going to make that work. I don't know if there's going to, because they, they keep showing like, you know, people are tearful, I guess, thinking about him. There's a baby born and it's Namor because you see as the baby comes out, it's got the little wings on the feet. So the Atlanteans play a huge part in this. Wow. I think the Atlanteans attack the Wakandans. Um, so there's like a huge, at one point there's like two big whales go swing by and there's all these soldiers, Atlantean soldiers hooked onto it, like onto the two whales. So yeah, that's, I think the big thing is it's the Atlanteans versus the Wakandans. Um, and I think that's it's a cool idea. Yeah, and it, it's the so they introduce Namor, um, who looks like he maybe even challenges for rule of Wakanda. You've got some of the different tribesmen. They show a quick glance of someone in the Black Panther armor, but they don't show who. Um, but a lot of the Atlanteans have blue skin, so you could it's almost like watching Avatar in a way because everyone's like all these Atlanteans have blue skin. Um, but it doesn't look as terrible as at Avatar. Um, but they're yeah you know, they're they're stronger than regular humans. But yeah, Namor's in there with the little wings on his feet. So mutants. Um, so yeah, this is a uh, yeah because there's a scene of just and things that kind of I don't want to I don't want to guess this, but the so it's a scene of you see like you know when Black Panther pops his claws. So it's yes. like he's. In like the corner of the frame, you see like a bit of his leg, and you see the hand come down and pop the claws, but it's not the black on black of Black Panther. It's the black with the gold accents of Killmonger. Weird. So I don't know if it is Killmonger or if it's someone using the suit that Killmonger used. 
from Black Panther, because remember he grabbed the one with the big gold chains or whatever. But we do see a quick thing of one with silver, like the silver teeth. So I don't know. I mean, they've played this one so close to the vest. Um, not a whole lot of details coming out. Like this, we found out that finally we get to see the birth of Namor and we can see Namor as a man and attacking what we appears to be Wakanda. So that's as much. I guess as- that could be a flashback, honestly. Well, the birth could be, yeah. I mean, the, well, the birth it's is obviously birth. a flashback, but like even the, the popping of the claws and the, the gold outfit, that could be a, a flashback of Killmonger. Yeah. Doing something like enraging in Atlantis, like Atlantis in some way. So now they're getting reprisal, not realizing that Killmonger's been killed and he's dead or whatever. Okay. So, so what do you think about them like killing the fictional character because the actor passed away? Like, I, I understand honestly, having to remove him from the movie, right? Because you want to honor his legacy. Mm-hmm. That, but I, I don't know. Where do you stand? I think for me personally, I think in this case, it's appropriate. Because I think Chadwick Boseman would have been so hard to, for someone to step into that role. Um, that anyone who would who'd be, would give him the nod, like, all right, you're going to be playing you know, T'Challa, Black Panther, the role of Chadwick Boseman, I think any actor worth his salt would have been like, no thanks. Um, it's just, it's, he he portrayed that role so well. Any Anyone stepping into that, that role would just automatically know like, well, I'm doing an inferior job. So I think with them killing off T'Challa and, you know, having a new Black Panther, so... So either someone from one of the other tribes or, or someone to that effect takes on the mantle of the Black Panther because we still don't know. I mean, we've, in this movie, we're going to have someone taking over the mantle of Iron Man as you know, Riri Williams becomes the, the Ironheart. Right. So I think it's, I mean, we're seeing in essence three new characters. We're going to see the new Black Panther. We're going to see the new Iron Man as, as Riri. And we're seeing Namor being debuted in the MCU. I mean, for me, Namor was, I mean, he was one of the originals. He was one of the big, big tent poles that Marvel had. And yeah. I was like, it's taken them so long to A, acknowledge Atlantis and B, bring up, bring out Namor. So, and it's a wonky character. It's like, it is. It's, it's a dude in a Speedo with wings on his feet. Like, what yeah. the hell? And he was one like, of the original. If Spock was flying around with wings on his feet wearing a Speedo. Exactly. And he's one of the original mutants. Because yeah. um, he's, half human half atlantean but also a mutant up from there as well because through the comics run he met many hybrid mutant like 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 human atlanteans they couldn't fly they didn't have his strength um stuff like that so i hope we just get the little see the little wings flutter as he flies that'll be fun um so yeah i'm this movie had a lot of interesting things uh this trailer so i was just like how are they going to handle and then when they show like you know and, and it's Angela Bassett going, I've lost my family. Her husband's dead. Oh, the only person she has left of her, her immediate family is her daughter. Um, so. Is she still in it? Yeah, she is. Okay. Because I heard Disney might have canceled her like Gina Carano. No, show. no, no. She's, she's in it. Uh, you see her in quite a few scenes. Um, they may have pulled back her role a bit, but. Yeah, and so in this movie, in essence, they're, they're, they have to introduce three characters. The new Black Panther, um, you know, T'Challa's successor, Riri, and Namor. So I just so hope that... The big problem I have with this, like, if you kill 
the Black Panther off screen. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's cheating the legacy of the character. And even though like the real life tragedy, like you can't just push that aside because like you said, he nailed the character so well that nobody could just step in and replace it. Yeah. But you could tell a story. It's almost like a Star Trek lower decks. It's, you know, okay. Because we can't deal with the black Panther directly. Yeah. No, we can make him like the big kind of Gandalf character. The, you know, like someone in the background and bring up the next generation. Yeah, well, the thing is, we don't know. I mean, they may do a, a quick scene of like Black Panther on a mission where it goes horribly wrong, and then you cut to a state funeral. Um, yeah, if they do that, it's got to be so good. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, because, again, the character was so classic, and again, this is a character that my kids, but the thing wanted is, I mean, to be, you know, like at the it's trailer, so powerful. Yeah, looking at the trailer, you've got a lot of people who are in mourning. Like they, there is a definitely what looks to be a funeral scene because you got everyone dressed in white doing traditional dances and 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 singing and stuff and it looks like and things is you got like people with like the who are in mourning have like the headdress on yeah um so there's obviously some sort of funeral or you know mourning celebration or something and it looks like it happens very early in the film and then angela bassett's character the mom having to take over wakanda and you know when she makes that statement of I have I have lost I've given up my family or I've lost my family, um, you know she's very, I mean Angela Bassett of course acts the hell out of it because she can. Yeah. Um, it's a very interesting trailer. So I I just don't know. I, I don't even want to guess as to where it's going to go because a it's a lot of fast cuts. And they kind of keep you off balance. And I think that's on purpose because I said they have played this so close to the vest. I knew they were going to have to release a trailer anyway, because they're so close. I mean, it comes out in November um, and it's just around the corner and they want to build up some excitement for it. So I think the trailer works to, to get people interested without revealing too much. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so, and yeah, as I said, it looks like, because at one point you see, like, the throne room in Wakanda being flooded with water, so I'm, I'm assuming that's something. Sounds yeah. like Atlantis. Yeah, it sounds like Atlantis and Wakanda are, are going head-to-head, because -head. I, I remember, I mean, if you remember um, at the end of Black Panther when Wakanda was announcing their real position on the planet, and so maybe this is, you know, Atlantis finally saying, all right, you took our stuff or, or something that effect or, you know, don't take our ball. We don't want to go home yet sort of thing. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, yeah. As it is, it's this last couple of days has been very interesting in terms of all the announcements from the San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, like it's just it's just been crazy. So, anything else we want to discuss? Do we want to do any tales from animation? Uh, I don't have any that I'm gonna just drop today, but I know you had one you were gonna mention last week. So yeah, yeah. So, that? so I'm gonna so I'm gonna talk about um, this was uh, some stuff that came when I was freelancing in in Toronto. Um, so directly out of college, I freelanced for a couple of years, um, mainly because. 
so coming out of college, I had gotten an offer from Electronic Arts in Vancouver. And they flew like six of us from Toronto to Vancouver to tour the studio. They put us up at a hotel. Um, it was all really nice. I mean, the facilities were were top notch. Um, and for those who don't know, Electronic Arts Vancouver, EA Vancouver, primarily at the time dealt with sports games. So like the FIFAs, the NHLs, NBAs, all that stuff came out of Vancouver. And so I was like, okay, you know, I could work on sports games. It's not that bad. And they took us to like the big mocap studio they have, which was an enormous building, by the way. I mean, you could play a full soccer game in there. It was so big. And they had like racks and racks of like mocap suits. And this is the part where they shot themselves in the foot. So we had two meetings back to back. The first meeting was the cost of living in Vancouver. Uh, This guy came in and he talked about what the cost of living is in Vancouver versus Toronto, you know, how much it would cost to live in the area, um, the uh, transportation, like, you know, the, the transportation routes, there wasn't really a great public transportation route to the studio. So you would have to have a car or a carpool to get to the studio. And he basically told us, um, you know, it was, it was six single guys. And he's like, uh, to live in the area, you're looking at, you'd have to be making between 36 and 38,000 a year. Canadian you know this day and age not a you know not a mind shattering amount but you know coming out of college in like 97 it was like okay that's that's decent um and then the next round of meetings we had was one-on-one with recruiters who had said you know based off our portfolios and our interest because we had to write down like what departments we were interested in stuff like that like did we want to do in the the if you're for 2D animators, they were basically getting you onto Photoshop to like make jerseys and shit like that. Um, the 3D animators be working on the models. And then if you're working on, on 2D stuff, you could like train in the software and eventually become a 3D animator. And the 3D animators, 90% of it was mocap cleanup was what you were doing. Because they would mocap everything and you just go in and clean the splines. And so I had was offered a position to work on, I think it was the, the next iteration of NBA I'd be doing color matching of jerseys, putting numbers on jerseys and names on jerseys and all that sort of stuff. And it was, okay, that's fine. Um, But then they said, this is the part that was kind of strange. They're like, uh, so EA has this whole um, uh, benefits program that if you work on games, especially their AAA titles, um, when that game goes out and starts selling and stuff like that, once it reaches a certain sell point, then the people who work on that game get a residual. And they, that's used basically to bump up your salary. It's like, you know, it's like your, your year-end bonus sort of thing. And the more games that you work on, the bigger bonus you will get at the end of the year. So if you worked on like NBA and NHL, you know, you'll get a bump up. The thing is, is it takes about three years. So if you work on, let's say, NHL 2010, you will not see any bump ups in terms of money coming back to you until 2013. So it takes a while for this stuff to happen. So we were told that, so initially the salaries might seem low, but once you start getting your bump ups, you know, then your salary starts to go higher and higher because depending on what job you do, you may end up working on three or four different, different titles in a single year. That's fine. So keep in mind, we had just been, had gone, like six of us had sat in that meeting where we told you've got to make about at least 35,000 a year to live in the area. 
to live in 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 BC and you know make do sort of thing. So I sit in the interview where they offer they're like, oh, we, we like your work on on this NBA game, and your starting salary is twenty six thousand a year. And I'm like, um, so where do I come up with the other ten thousand a year I'll need to live? in this area so I can work for the studio. And they're like, oh, well, our suggestion is get 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 a bunch of roommates. Not like a roommate, a bunch of. And I'm like, so how many are you talking? And they're like, well, people in the past have, have rented houses together, six, seven, eight people living in a house, like a three bedroom house. And they hot shift the beds because the studio works. 24 hours. And I'm thinking, I, I don't want to come home and wait for the person to vacate the bed so I can go to bed. Um, knowing that, you know, eight hours later, I got to get another bed because the next person coming in needs that bed and have to work like that for three years before I start getting bump ups enough that I can like go afford my own house. In the meantime, still paying like, you know, student loans and all that. And I was just like, I think I'm going to have to pass. I really, I just, it, it, it struck me as such a, you know, here's the salary we're going to give you. By the way, we've already told you, you're going to have to make this much to live in the area. I, I, and I even said to him, I don't know about you, but I don't have $30,000 sitting in my bank account to, to supplement my income for three years. Like it just, it just doesn't, I, I just can't do that. And the first, next question is, well, do you have family in the area you can stay with? No, <laughs> like it was just such a a strange. I I don't know what they expected. So yeah, so then to say I came back to Toronto and um, I started freelancing because I got home and within like two days, um, I got a call of like you know we need an animator. Do you think you can help out? I was like sure. Um, and I mean I I learned like Lightwave on the fly. Um, and so I was taking freelance jobs and they just, one would dovetail into the next. It was, it was great. So I didn't even look at like getting hired at Nelvana or any of the other local studios um, because I was making more freelancing than I could, you know, working on Donkey Kong Country at, at Nelvana at the time um, or Backyardigans or one of the other studios doing shows like that. So I'm, I'm working in freelance and I have to say two years in freelance, I learned so much. And it was a lot of it is what not to do on the business side of being a freelancer. Um, I learned like, you know, how much money you should get up front, how you create your, um, how much of a wage you should request. So like if they need you for two weeks, how, figure out how much your time is worth for two weeks. And a couple, as I said, a couple times I got burned. Um, and one this this particular story centers around. So there was a client who, um, I think he was kind of ahead of his time. YouTube, I think, would have probably been his best bet, but YouTube didn't come out until two thousand six. Um, so he was a, almost a decade ahead of time, uh, ahead of ahead of himself. So he was trying to put together a show called The Toy Shop, and it was T O Y S H O P P E. So the old English style ver version of shop. And the whole idea is you had three hosts and the one host who was dressed in like a lab coat would talk about like science, you know, sciencey sort of toys and educational toys. 
And the woman would talk about basically girl toys. And then the hip guy who was just a middle-aged man dressed in clothing that like a teenager should be wearing would talk about all the cool and fun toys and maybe some video game stuff. So he had these people cast. They had filmed uh, a handful of pilot episodes, but what they lacked was a title sequence. So, and he wanted it all hand animated. Um, so I was given photos of the cast members. I was actually given the, the, the first pilot to watch and the show was pure Canadian garbage. Like just film looked like filmed on a, on a super eight VHS camera. Um, just, just horrible. Um, no motion blur at all. So yeah, it just, it had that feel of like Canadian video from the eighties. Um, so I watched the show and the dialogue was horrendous and I was like, all right, I can work with this. I can do this. So I did sketches of the character, uh, the three main characters. Those were approved and I matched their costumes right up. And initially it's the guy, I even remember doing this animation. So the two characters kind of do like a, a, a white animation in and quickly get to place and kind of like settle into place and then the hip character moonwalks backwards to them bumps into them does like this quick spin and kind of like is all surprised they're there and then they turn to the camera acknowledge the camera and then the font like the, the the word toy shop comes in in the specific font that he wanted and then the hip guy kind of like leans on the letters and gives a thumbs up just pure crap and he kept calling me daily with updates because as soon as I could get this done, he needed to get it attached and he was going to shop this episode around. He was trying to get it put on like CBC and I, the whole time or YTV for anyone, any Canadian listeners, you know what YTV is. And so I was like, you know, I pushed myself on this one. I animated probably 16 hours a day getting this done. Um, and the, the the hip guy's costume was just a mishmash of crap. And there was like patterned fabrics that I was like cracking. Oh yeah. It was just, it was, it was fucking horrendous. I can't even sugarcoat it. It was a horrendous job. And now I get it all animated. It's looking nice. Now I got to clean this thing up, scan it. I didn't own a scanner. So I had to rent a scanner um, that would take animation paper. So it's a, a bigger than normal. So I rent this fucking scanner. The software, of course, does not want to be compatible with what I'm using. So it was just, it was a nightmare to get this scanner to work. And I taped down peg bars so everything would register. And I take it into, uh, God, I can't remember the program I put it into. And I clean it, finish cleaning it up and color the whole thing. Get it all colored. Had to pay for the fucking font this guy was just so much in love with when honestly I could have just taken Ariel with a couple little changes of the, the the serifs and it would have been fine but no no he had this fucking font I'd pay like 50 bucks for get it all done now it has to be so broadcast TV is not done with your your standard VHS tape um, it's done with the Broadcast TV is done with its own format of tapes. They're basically almost like Betamax tapes. The machines you use to record onto these tapes are in like the tens of thousands of dollars. I'm not going to buy one of these fucking machines. So I got to rent it. 
So luckily there's an AV place in Oakville that could rent me the machine, get it home, hook it up to my computer. And it basically records one frame at a time onto these fucking tapes. By the way, these tapes cost 800 fucking dollars in 1997. Well, it's like early 98, $800 for this fucking tape. Cause the guy couldn't supply me a tape. Of course not. So between the rental of the scanner, the rental of the recorder unit, and the and the, the, the purchase of this fucking tape, I'm out close to twenty five hundred dollars, and I'm and in the back of my mind, I'm fucking panicking. I'm like, holy shit, this better I better pay out, get it done, have the tape. Now they can very easily edit the show onto that tape, and then he can shop it around to his absolute fucking delight. So I call him up and I'm like, it's done. It's, you know, in the can, on the tape, ready to go. So he's like, well, meet me at, I think it was like a second cup. It's kind of like a Dunkin' Donuts or a Tim Hortons or whatever. But it was a second cup. So I show up there. And he's like, so you got the tape. And I'm, I have it in my portfolio case. And I'm like, yes, it's all right here. And he wanted the original drawings so that he could show them like a drawing, I guess, to, to perspective investors so i have a thick ass folder of drawings in this tape and backups on zip disks of the the colored files and he's like all right that's great um and i'm like okay uh so you just got to pay me and I'll, I'll give you all this stuff and he's like oh um i don't have any money on me i'm like well a check is fine and so he's like, so what did we agree on? I'm like, uh, the total, now the total bid that I had agreed on, we set a contract, it was $7,500. So I figured with the the week and a week and a bit, plus the cost of all the renting and stuff, I was still going to make a nice, a, a good profit. That was going to cover me for, for a bit. And he's, his eyes kind of bulged and he's like, oh, I thought it was 750. And I'm like, that doesn't even cover the cost of the tape that I had to buy because you couldn't supply one. So he pulls out the contract and you can tell someone had taken white out and he had whited out one of the zeros because there was like seven, five, zero, a gap dot zero, zero. And I pulled out my copy, which was the original copy because he took the, the, the photocopy of it. And I'm like, no, you can even feel the back where it's 7,500. So he's like, well, let me call my partner and get him to cut a check and bring it down here. And I'm like, all right, that's good. And I'm sitting there. And this is the part where if I'd had a gun, which you really can't have in Canada, I would have shot him. Because this is what the fucker did. This is the part that pissed me off to no end. So... You got to remember the portfolio case beside, beside me has the tape, the zip disks, the original artwork, and the contract. He shoves me back so the chair goes over backwards, grabs the case, and fucking books it for the door. And by the time I scrambled up to the from the from the ground, he was out the door and gone. And I was like, "You son of a bitch!" So I run over. The guy at the second cup gave me gave me the, the the store phone to use. 
call 911. Well, first I called this guy's cell phone, which is immediately deactivated. It just it was just going to this this number is no longer in service. I call the landline number he gave me. This number is no longer in service. I call 911. Cop gets there. They're like, well, do you have an address? I'm like, yes, I give the guy an address. He had vacated it the day before. This guy vanished to the fucking wind. So I had to eat the cost of the rental and the purchase of the tape. I had nothing to show for it. Not a god. I had files on my computer and that was it. And that was one of the tipping points that I was like, fuck it, I'm getting a studio job. And less than a week later, I took a studio job. And that's yeah. That one incident taught me a lot about freelancing. Now, I've done freelancing since then. Um, I did freelancing when I was in Montreal. I did freelancing in Ottawa. Uh, I've learned my lessons. That's never happened again. But yeah. Yeah. I totally think you could have tackled that guy. Really I would have. If I, I would have. But he was smart enough that when he pushed me and so my chair tipped back, that gave him enough time to grab the case and run. If my chair hadn't tipped back enough for me to fall onto my back, if I had tackled that guy, I would have probably crippled the bastard. I would have broken both of his legs and broken both his arms. Like, I was was pissed for like a full week. I'm surprised that when I interviewed the studio that they were just like, he's too angry to hire. Oh, I was, I was livid. Oh my God. I looking back, I'm like, I I don't see how anyone wanted to be anywhere near me. Do you ever track this dude down? No, I have. I mean, years later, I've gone through Facebook and looked for this guy. Nothing. This guy vanished off the face of the fucking earth. He probably like went to Europe or something. Like I was just, oh, and of course, you know, I contacted YTV. They had had meetings with this guy. Um, but all the numbers that he ever gave them, none of them panned out to anything. They all went to like dead end numbers. So I even, at one point I did internet searches, like maybe he took the show idea to, to, to Europe or, or Asia or there. Um, I scoured YouTube when it first came out looking for this, never seen anything about it. Not one. Yeah. I, I said, I was pissed. I was so pissed. So, I can't believe he knocked you back. He wasn't a small guy. I'll give him that. Like he was not a a small guy, but quick on his feet. He had to be because, yeah, I was because when I hit the door at the second company, but I mean it was a long street, but yeah. he was nowhere to be found. I don't know if he had a car waiting or if he ducked down an alley or what, but yeah, he was gone. That's amazing. And I was pissed. I was so fucking pissed. <laughs> so yeah. But, you know, I, as I said, I had to eat that money and just move forward. Um, but, yeah, that was that's one of the incidents that really turned me off of doing freelancing. Because up to that point, I had been pretty successful doing freelancing. Like, I did stuff for, like, uh, uh, Toronto Dominion Bank. I did, like, a, an advertisement for Visa for them, which is mainly just a spinning credit card. Um, I did, like... Uh, for HMV, I did like Adidas, like in their, their, their in-store monitors. I did like stuff for Adidas and a couple of other, like a lot of logo shit because um, it was easy at the time. I mean, it's, thinking back, like the one Adidas logo I did took me over a week and a half 
where today on today's hardware and software, I could probably crank it out in 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, so there was, yeah, that's my tale of animation for, for this, for this week. I uh, think that's an important lesson for all future animators to know is that if you're going to do animation, especially freelance, you should probably learn some Kung Fu or Taekwondo or bring, bring someone something. with you. My advice yeah. is for any, any freelancer at the door. Yeah. For any freelancer, when you have to meet a client in a public place, bring someone with you. Just right. some of that can just put the foot out to the Bugs Bunny trip at the just door. Do something. Cause you, you never, Classic. I mean, Sometimes clients get really squirrely when it's it's time to make that final pay. I've had clients that, you know, I've given them a, a 60, 40 contract. They pay me 60% up front and then they just have to make that initial, like that, that last 40% payoff. And suddenly they get all squirrely about it. Like they figure they, you know, well, they, I paid them some money. I should be able to take it all away and not pay them the rest. And it's like, no. So like other freelance jobs I've had long after that, when it's time to meet up with a client, especially if they insist on a public venue, I bring someone with me. Um, I don't, I just, it may be harsh, but I expect the worst now. Um, I expect people to try to screw me over. Um, and I mean, even when you're bidding on a job and the negotiations back and forth, they're always trying to undercut you. It's uh, Mark Simon actually talked about the, the triangle of any job. It can be done fast. It can be done cheaply or it can be done well. And a client gets to pick two at most. That's actually, that's classic. And that's absolutely true. Everything I've experienced in animation is that. Yeah. yeah. Fast, good, or cheap. Like, which one do you want? Yeah. You and things like two. Clients always want to get all three. And it's like, you only get, at most you get to pick two. Uh, depending on what it is you want, you may only get one. Yep. You got either fast, you have it cheap, or you, you get want it fast and cheap. Might not be so good. Exactly. Right, good and fast might cost you. Yeah, exactly. And it's a hard, I mean, and the thing is, is for people starting out freelancing, they promise the moon at a fast turnaround for no money. And that undercuts all the other freelancers because it may be a job that requires more time or requires, you know, if they want that level of quality, it's going to be, it's going to cost you more, but they come in undercutting you by sometimes several thousand dollars. Well, of course the client's going to go to the cheaper option. Yeah. Um, I mean, for a while, uh, when I was in Ottawa, I had a reputation of basically being the, the fix it. Um, because I would get, you know, I would get a, a client saying, yeah, we, we went with a, an artist and it, it didn't turn out the way we want it. Um, can we, can you fix it? Can you, make it look good or and i'd be like let me take a look what it is and then i'll give you a quote and sometimes it fell into their ball and sometimes like this is almost double what we spent on the last guy and i would tell people you get what you pay for it's either going to come fast it's going to come cheap or it's going to come good and if you're lucky you get to choose two but you never get all three and especially when you're dealing with someone fresh out of college you know they overestimate their abilities they underestimate how much time it's going to take and they especially underbid because they just want to get that first job under their belt and it, they turn in garbage. And then the client's stuck with like, well, they've already paid out money. They have something they can't use. And so I took a lot of jobs like that. Um, so I had my, my normal day job and at night I was doing those jobs. And 
yeah, at one point I remember a, a client saying, he's like, yeah, like all the other, you know, all his other friends tell him that when something went wrong with a, with an animation job to, to con, uh, my name was the top name on the list. And I'd be like, so there was a couple of times I had to just say, I can't do it. I'm, I'm swamped. I mean, I've got like, you know, this project and two others already lined up. I can't add you, I can't get you, you know, slotted in there. It's just not going to work. And uh, it was a nice gig to have, but again, I saw so much garbage. Um, like I would get like project files that like you would have to be, you know, Houdini to, to work, you know, weave some magic to figure out how the hell you're going to make this work. Cause shit was just, ugh, yeah. So yeah, my advice to, to experienced freelancers, don't undersell yourself. Always bring backup when you're at a meeting and don't overestimate what you can do and, and, and don't underestimate how long it takes. Because yeah, you'll get you'll get stuck and you'll you'll get burned and you'll end up eating a, a contract, especially if you don't have the equipment and you have to rent it. That's I think the part that galled me the most was I had to rent this fucking equipment and this guy just stole it. I mean, it was it was truly th- I I even like there was a I had to file a report with the the Toronto police and they said it was because the contract was over five grand it was considered like larceny like grand larceny. But without any any ways of tracking this guy down, it was very little chance they'd ever get him. So, yeah. 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 That one still stings. Like, even when I was just talking about it now, I still just get a little heated. If I find ever find that guy, yeah, I'm gonna cripple that bastard. I just I I wanna let it go, but it's just one of those things that you fucker. Like there was a I had that money earmarked for specific things. I was going to upgrade my computer so I could finally use soft homage at home well and not have it like just stagger and stutter. And yeah, I had all these great plans for that. And yeah, he fucked it up. I even got heated. I'm actually sweating. (laughs) So yeah. So next week you got to come up with one. I don't think I can top that. I didn't have to top it. Just, you know, Give us something from your something that's happened to you from your perspective. That's all we ask. All right, we'll find something. I'm sure there's something there, like a project that didn't go the way you wanted, or something like that. Yeah, it was funny when I was thinking of different things I could talk about. I was like, "All right, can't talk about that one because that NDA is actually still in." in I have, I have NDAs against me for like 50 years, you know, from the the late 90s that. I will not be able to discuss in a public forum until like 2040. And I'm like, shit, they really, but sometimes to get a job, you're like, fuck it. I'll sign that NDA. Cause check looks real nice when they, and they hand it to you. So yeah. So yeah, come up with something. All right. On that note, I think we're going to wrap this up. We're going to leave a, a, a nice big heap to be uh, edited. Maybe some graphics put in. <clears throat> hint, hint, and uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. I not as good as a wink to a blind bat. Yeah, say no more, say no more. So, all right, so uh, this was episode 46 for those who were keeping count and have the scorecard. And uh, yeah, we'll you might have learned something. Hey, there you go. Go. the more you know, Jejo. That's not go. the way the line goes, but no, no, it's just it's like the more you know, the little. 
I'm sure someone will find the graphics of like the rainbow or the stars as the more you know. Yeah, and then Duke will give a thumbs up in between. <laughs> yeah. Put it all together. All right. So we'll do a collective goodbye. Collective for goodbye. All right. In three, two, one. Collective, collective goodbye. goodbye. I think last week's was better. Uh, we'll, we'll work on it. We got to get Gavin in here and Troy in here to help us with it. It, it don't. It doesn't sound yeah, good. No, just to take some of the blame. Yeah. For all the mishaps. Take all of the blame, actually. Anyways. Troy will fix it in post. Awesome. We're counting on you, Troy. We are. Big big thumbs up. Really big thumbs up. All right. Good night, folks. Good night. And bye-bye. This has been Geeking Off the Page, a Planet Geek production. Please be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can find us at our social medias through Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Search for Planet Geek Productions. On Instagram and Twitter, Planet Geek Pod. Or you can send us an email at planetgeekpod at gmail.com. So until next that time, same Spider Channel, may the Force be with you, and thanks for tuning in. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, we're looking for the poster. Uh, let's see. Come on, come on, come on. That's okay. Troy can cut out all this dead time. Yeah, yeah, he can. I mean, he he does those sorts of things really well. Snip, snip, cut, cut. Uh, yeah, throw it up there. But you can definitely see. Um, I'm just going to throw it on the screen share for you so yeah. you can see it. Um, Can you see that?